The Toronto Regional Real Estate Board stats are in, and like usual, they're making headlines. Only this time, the headlines are saying things like, the real estate market is softening. April sales were down by 40% compared to this time last year. The rise in interest rates is leading to a more balanced market. So, if you're a first-time buyer, these headlines will give you hope that you can finally enter the market. But behind every headline is a story. I'm Desmond Brown, and today on Sold in the Six, we're going to take a look at this shift in the market and see if it's going to make a difference in the long term. My company's chief operating officer, Steve Tabrizi, is back with us today. And as I've said before, Steve analyzes and knows our real estate markets as well or better than anyone, better than any economist, I think. Steve, welcome back to Sold in the Six. Thank you very much for inviting me again. Uh, I'm flattered with your comment as always. Uh, I'll try oh, my best well, uh, this month. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're such a wealth of information and yet you are on top of the market. So Steve, what's going on right now? We've seen all the headlines, and things are softening, sales are down, but what's the real story behind everything? Well, the real story behind it is uh, the media try to portray this picture of the increase of the interest rate is causing that other market uh, to slow down, or some media, they go as extreme as uh, the real Canadian real estate bubble is bursting. But the reality mm-hmm. is behind it, the issue of the inflation that we have, uh, and one of the tools that the federal government always in any inflation market uses to slow down the demand versus the goods and services is that by measure of the inc- in increasing the interest rate, making the availability of the liquid cash on the market more difficult and hoping that level of the enthusiastic among the consumers drops and hopefully they shop less and it mm-hmm. will basically revert back the inflation to a normal and standard inflation. Okay, but what we've seen, you know, I can understand all that, but what we've also seen is a lot of pressure on all levels of government to make this real estate market open for everybody, you know, so everybody can get in, uh, they talk about affordability and so on. And um, I'm just wondering, you know, like with all of this interference and so on, is it really going to make a difference? The truth is, unfortunately, yes, we all as a Canadian, uh, even as a Canadian citizen or consumers, we would love the home ownership uh, belongs to everyone. But the reality is, is we are by far uh, away from uh, reaching this wish because uh, unfortunately, due to the lack of planning for the last 20 years uh, to make sure that the supply and demands are balanced, uh, we reach a point that this is not possible, at least for the region that you operate, particularly the Toronto. Um, yeah. uh, is the politician, they're going to succeed in making this wish come true? If there is a long-term planning for the next 20 years, meaning all the three major parties, perhaps four major parties, I shouldn't exclude the Green Party, that basically they come up with an, an amalgamated vision and policies and legislation that basically set aside the housing and the transportation and infrastructure of the transit, aside from the politics, uh, yes, this wish is uh, possible. But uh, unfortunately, as we all know, the politicians, uh, they usually 
use these strategies and these announcements during the election uh, to simply mm-hmm. increase their voters' attentions uh, and how far they are from the reality. I can assure you they are quite far from the reality. Yeah, I, I think so too. And even with the headlines. So as a former journalist, I remember um, being in a newsroom and the news releases would come through. Let's let, let, let's use the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board news release that came through at the at the end of May or at the end of April, for instance. Sales are down 40% compared to this time last year. And that's the headline. And that is the story that they're going to go with. There are very few reporters out there who specialize in reporting on real estate, like let's say a Tess Kalinowski or a, a Shane Dingman at the, at the Globe and Mail. So with these headlines comes hope. But when you take a look at sales being down 40% compared to this time of last year in 2021, remember what the market was like back in April of 2021, where it was completely through the roof. So let's talk a little bit about that on, are we getting back now to a more of a normal market? And then also I'm going to talk to, to you a little bit about some of this crazy activity that we're still seeing in a lot of our neighborhoods. Well, you see, this is the even the Toronto Real Estate Board and many other boards that they are practicing across Canada. They have this tendency of the doing the market reports on a month-to-month basis comparison, and mm-hmm. we are now facing uh, this sort of a misrepresentation and misleading information. To my humble opinion, uh, within the consumers, that the sales in the month of April across. Ontario are dropped anywhere between about 20 to about 30 percent, depend on the yeah, difference. That's Ontario. You're that's talking Ontario. about Ontario. Yeah, right? Ontario. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cities, so some pocket of the cities, they have dropped. But it, it is, let's call it, is a double digit drop in sales. But what they leave out of this equation, they keep comparing these numbers to the February of the 2022, which was about two months ago. So we all know historically that the February of the 2022 identical to the. I'm sorry, sorry, Steve. February of this year. February of this year. Okay, okay, good. Okay, yeah. February February of this year. And we compare those numbers to the February of the 2022. Yes, of course, we are down. But consumers and also the boards, they neglect to talk about a statistic is not based on a month to month comparison. A statistic is basically based on an overall average of the 12-month cycle versus the past 12 months. If you do that analysis, it's very interesting. You see the activities has dropped, but the prices compare to the same month. If you want to go month to month, if you compare the month of April of the 2022, which is this year, to the April of 2021, which is the year prior to this, you see that actually the sales prices are up by about 15 to 16%. So, yeah. So... Yes, we had a significant growth in terms of the number of the transaction because by the pent-up demand for 2021, which is very identical to the similar pent-up demand that we had in 2016, but historically, the Toronto Real Estate Board does about 95,000 to 100,000 transactions. So are we going to repeat the 120,000 transaction of the 2021? Absolutely not. Uh, I, I, I keep saying in the last 30 days to people, can we forget about the February of the 2022? Can you imagine it didn't exist? And then you realize that the numbers are still healthy, the prices are growing, and we are still in the seller market. 
And we don't have a massive inventory that we're going to say, oh, we have four to seven months of the inventory, so we are in the buyer's market. So it's absolute misinforming the consumers and educating them what is really what's happening in the market. Yeah, so I will tell you what I've been experiencing. So I have a few buyers out there. And I'm still having trouble finding them things. You know, regardless of all of the headlines saying that things are softening and so on, I've got a first-time buyer, a young woman, who is trying to get a condo in the 550 range. We have lost on competition in a multiple offer uh, situation where uh, we were blown out of the water by about 50000 And my research showed that the condo was probably worth about 555 60. It went for close to 600 so um, there weren't as many offers on it. We only competed against three others. And even at the last moment, we were uh, the only offer until three others came in <laughs> at the 11th hour um, and, and we lost it. And it's been very, very hard to find her something in her price range here in the city of Toronto in the, in the mid uh, 500 range. I have another young couple that I'm looking for as well. They're looking in the million dollar range. And again, um, Losing out, they're losing out on um, on uh, from other offers because people are outbidding them. So what we're seeing is in the city of Toronto, anyway. And you can tell me about the rest of the province because I know you know we have offices all over the province. The city of Toronto, in the really good neighborhoods, the prices are staying where they were. They're maintaining, like you said, the prices are still there. We're still getting uh, multiple offer situations. We may not get ten offers anymore, but you're getting five. So you get a little bit of a chance when you're going in. And the other part of this, we're not getting as many showings as we used to get on our on our uh, listings as well. And you have all the stats for that. So tell us a little bit of what's going on in some of the other markets around Ontario that we have offices in, and you're the chief operating officer, and you understand you know, what's going on in Ottawa, in Simcoe region, um, in Barrie, in Oakville, where we have offices. So in any upwards market, which was the 2021, which was the most unprecedented of the upward market, we focus on the affordability. So of course, the 416 area, which is the city of Toronto, has become a very robust, very tough dynamic in terms of to be a homeowner, as you just described it with the two example. So in any of those market, the market will move to the outliner, which is yeah. immediate uh, neighbors are 905 and then during the 2021 20, the 519 and 705 and 613 those are the other three prefix uh, areas yeah. that they were basically they had a robust market so those okay, see let me city- just interrupt you quickly here just about if people aren't from ontario so you understand what the 519 area code is the 613 they'll say the 905 let's start with that so those are the surrounding areas of toronto such as Durham region, York region, um, and uh, Peel region, which takes in Mississauga. The 705 was more of our cottage country area, which would be up in, uh, I'm sorry, out in uh, Kawartha and so on. Simcoe and uh, yeah, Yeah. pretty much all the cottage country. Great. 519 down a little bit more uh, southwestern Ontario, south north, uh, I mean, more uh, northwestern Ontario. So places like Kitchener, um, Owen Sound, those areas there. London, um, London. Think, yeah, London, London, 519. Okay, yeah. so there we go. So that brings us up to speed on all that. Sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to make so it clear. That's okay. No. So those, those areas, the consumers, by default, when they see they can buy a property in 416, 
during the madness of the 2017, they went to the 905. This time around, they went to the areas even outside of the 905 area, which was Ottawa, which was Simcoe, Barrie, London, Ontario. So the massive double-digit growth in those areas, the reality is, was it a healthy, normal growth of the 10 to 12% on an uh, analyzed basis? No. I mean, London, Ontario, from one year to another year, had a 43% increase in the prices. So wow. what do you think what do you think gonna happen when the market is gonna basically retract? It's not gonna retract to minus fifty percent. It will this year, instead of having a forty-three percent growth, which was basically from a twenty twenty-one versus twenty twenty, it will have a maybe a normal growth of the ten to twelve percent. So the question now becomes many people are asking us, and I'm sure asking you, oh, if I bought in seven oh five, if I bought in a 519 or 613, or did I make a mistake last year? No, you haven't made a mistake because any adjustment of the change of the dynamic in our market, it will last anywhere between 15 to 17 months. Why it lasts only 15 to 17 months? Because we have not addressed the supply issue. We have not addressed Mm -hmm. the demand issue. We got the demand right now on pause. The demand is there, but they are just saying, what should I do? They're wondering, is the market going to basically, as media portray this picture, going to burst? It's not going to burst. Yeah. And you will see as soon as the momentum starts to picking up and you will see the same demand that now is on pause will re-enter the market. Um, I read uh, an article this morning from a company called Blackstone. Blackstone is an institutional uh, hedge fund company that they own trillion dollars worth of the real estate across North America. Now they are entering to the Canadian market and specifically they are targeting residential market. What does that message tell you? That message tells you they see the rate of return and the growth of the Canadian market is a very solid rate of return and is a safe market. If the institutional buyers are buying residential properties, it tells you why they are buying it because they foresee the demand will increase for years to come. And we know why the demand is increased for years to come. Because of very simple policy. We are an immigration, we have a very friendly immigration policies that we are yeah. attracting close to about a half a million people on an annual basis into Canada. And 350,000 of them are coming to Ontario. So whether you're thinking of buying in the 416 area, City of Toronto, the 905, the 519, the 705, get in touch with Jason Georgiopoulos for a pre-approval for your mortgage. Jason will ensure that you get the best possible rate and terms available. You can reach Jason at jasong at dominionlending.ca. Um, Steve, get, I found it fascinating what you said about you know these outlying areas too. Um, it seems that you know, with COVID, people said, sure, I don't have to be in the city of Toronto anymore. So they went and they bought, you know, these recreational properties, uh, these cottages and so on and said, look, I can work from here. Um, I don't have to be in the big city anymore. And if I do have to be in the big city, I only have to be in there for a couple of days a week because of this hybrid system that we have going right now. Correct? Correct. However, however, what you've said is that as the market starts to soften, the first ones to feel the effect of prices coming down are these outlying areas. Correct. 
not the actual yeah not exa- not necessarily the city of Toronto correct and the reason is very simple if the Toronto had 20% growth the outliner area had 35% to 40% growth so what i like mm-hmm. to refer to that i like to defer, uh, defer to that uh, refer it to as a, a by default and by no choice of the consumers does it really represent those smaller urban center or cities their that growth is there any economic foundation and factor job hubs employment hub uh, development hubs in that area that attracted so much price growth absolutely not mm-hmm. it was just by the default of the consumers and of course during the covid as just you mentioned a lot of people got that impression okay i can work from home but we have seen it now in since march of the reopening of the fully reopening of the uh, stages of the going back to work many companies in downtown toronto which they have a major hub of the employment and office towers and we can see that all the underground tunnels are uh, buzzing the streets are full of the workers that they are back to work and uh, the employers are basically saying you got to come back to work are the employers mm-hmm, going to force yeah. their employees to come back to work because they know there is a distance no i do also believe the employees they're going to set in a hybrid model so perhaps you work 3 days from the office and 2 days uh, from home uh, are the cottage country are those areas they're going to see a retraction of their growth yes they will but is the retraction going to be negative no it's not going to be negative it will be positive yeah. but it won't be what they saw in 2021 yeah they won't okay let's talk a little bit about the interest rate so when the first um increase came along by the bank of canada um it was it mostly affected those with variable rates and the people that had uh, variable rate mortgages on their home were, were were feeling a little bit of a hit and they still had the option of locking in for the long term if they wanted to but a lot of people have gambled now we've seen what f- uh, four rate hikes in a row something like that correct it, yeah four and we're seeing, well, let me just ask you, are these actual rate hikes affecting things? Uh, in a short term, yes, because the federal government since 2000, since the year of 2000, it was the first time they did a half a point rate hike. Typically, mm-hmm. they gave an indication in any uh, economic cycle that they will go by the quarter base. But you have to realize the same way they went down to the quarter point from the pre-pandemic, the Bank of Canada's rate was 1.75. In a matter of a month from a 1.75, they went to a quarter a point. So everybody was also under the impression because of the historical behavior, they're going to come up quarter a point. And no, they only did this second height by half a point uh, so fast uh, because uh, they were surprised by one element that nobody considered it. And that element was, is the supply of the, uh, and the gas crisis that we have due to the conflict mm-hmm. in Europe. The federal government had a really good mandate. October of last year, they cut off all the stimulus packages against the individual, SERP, against the rent subsidies, the wage subsidies. And they were hoping gradually in 2022, it will basically bring the rate up normalize the rate and the market will stabilize itself but what happened in early part of this year they were surprised with the energy crisis in europe the energy has a code direct correlation with the supplies of the goods we had a problem with the disruption of the supplies of the goods because 
perhaps fortunately or unfortunately due to the free trade, all the countries are tied to each other because of the free trades. So the China supply chain is really has impacted the Western society. Uh, And now you add the fuel issue to it. So is the federal government policies of the increasing the rate going to combat the inflation rate? I hate to break this sad news to you. It's going to be around. It's going to be around this inflation for probably another year. And hopefully, and I think that's why the Western society is really focusing hard to end the conflict in Europe. Because if we don't end the conflict in the Europe, the gas crisis will continue uh, to hurt Canadian and also even the global market for a short period of the time. Why? Because we need a replacement for that gas uh, energy uh, replacement. In the long run, Canadian, they have to consider the Alberta was refining at a $36 per barrel and we were selling it at about $50. So the profit margin for us wasn't really huge. Now, suddenly the uh, economy in Alberta is booming. The job sector is coming back. And now we see a migration of the people from Ontario and other part of the country going back to Alberta. So in the long run, the increase of the oil prices is good for Canada. In the short run, will help will hurt everybody in terms of the affordability. Yeah, that's interesting because you know when here we are selling real estate and a lot of people involved in real estate, we just have the blinders on. We have the blinders on to interest rates. You know, we have yeah. the and and you know, oh, gas prices, ah, it doesn't matter to us. You know, we can afford to to fill up our car. It doesn't matter. Meanwhile, you're hearing these stories of people, I can't afford to fill up my car anymore. I can't afford to to drive it anymore. And then, you know, you try to turn to the TTC <laughs> to get around, which is what I tried on the weekend. And oh my goodness, that was a nightmare too. I couldn't get home. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of all of this is all intertwined. And um you know, like I said, with the blinders on as real estate agents and people in the real estate industry, we don't see the other stuff that's going on out there. I know that as far as the interest rates go too, though, um, there were people that had the commitments for, um, you know, so the commitments of an interest rate at a lower rate than what is being posted now. And those commitments last about four months, 120 days. So Correct. some of those people are coming to the end of those commitments. They have to close let's say by July, and they're out there scrambling. And that's also keeping our prices up. Those are those few people that are out there that have those commitments at the lower interest rates are still paying, you know, yesterday's prices. Uh, yeah, you, you, you nailed it. You know, we cannot only consider the interest rate is a one factor in the real estate cycle. There is this time around the inflation is the number one factor. The interest rate tools is just a measure to pull back the inflation rate to the normal standard that every government is looking for, which is the 2%. U.S. as of last week is sitting at an 8% inflation rate. Canada is nudging very close to 6%. Is it related to the housing only? That's one factor. The biggest one, factor sure. is energy, 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 and supplies of the good uh, that is really impacting us. Now, is the people that they have the pre-approval, people that they are just basically gambling, maybe I wait for the next cycle, maybe I wait for June or July. My message to them is do not wait. Buy your property now because I can assure you in June we will have another increase are we going to go another half a point 
I don't think so. I think this time they will go by a quarter a point because the Fed, they thought by going half a point, it will really impact the market and they basically derail the market. It didn't work. The only thing it worked is basically now we got sellers that they are refusing coming to the market, which is, again, imbalance of the supply and demand. Yeah. And one thing that we all forget, Canadian society overall, the way we look at the real estate and the way we think of the real estate, it's totally different than our southern neighbors. We love real estate. We have very good big chunk of equity in our real estate. We're not going to throw the keys to the bank and just say, here we go. I'm going to go rent, grab my house. No. Average household in Canada that has almost about 40% to 60% equity in their properties. Average down payment during the pandemic has been 15 to 20%. People are not walking away from their deposit. People are not walking away from their equity. What they are doing right now, they're locking a long term. They are riding and enjoying their home ownership and they will wait for the next cycle. The buyers, this is the opportunity for them. And the window of opportunity, frankly, is till the next announcement, which is the June. The mortgage rate of the five years is sitting now at 4% average across all the banks and lenders. So yeah. jump into the pool, buy your property, and don't worry about the volatility of the market going up and down due to the interest rate. Yep, there you go. So that was going to be my question to you, Steve, but you wrapped it up beautifully for me, like <laughs> usual. So what's going to happen over the next few months? So what do you think about it, just as we're, we are wrapping up here, um, a year down the road, two years down the road? You know, so, I know we've talked about supply. We, supply always comes yeah. up in these conversations. So, so, That's one of the biggest factors. So I, there is a major discussion right now among the politicians. Uh, we talk about this. How can we control the demand? There's only one way to control the demand. <laughs> is Canadian market willing to reduce the immigration? We are hearing on the news in the last seven days Strike after strike among the union labor workers. We have a shortage of the professional employees. We have a shortage of the labor force. We have a shortage of the technician, doctor, engineer, you name it. So that's not going to happen. So if you cannot control the demand, how are you going to also control the supply? The only way that we really have to work on this we have a, a consistent policy and agreement among all the parties to make sure that we have an, an official official plan of the housing, transit, transportation, highway infrastructure for the future generation. And what's going to happen, you will see. We will talk probably, I'm sure, more for the next 15 to 19 months. But by probably early 2024, you will see about a year and a half from now, you will see the market momentum, which is similar that we have in 2020, and we had a total sort of a hot market in 2021, will start to pick up the momentum in early 2024. Why? Because right now the consumers are, I call it a confusion period. Buyers are thinking the market is going to crash. The sellers are telling Desmond, I want the February prices. And Desmond is yes. saying them, it's not going to happen, Mr. Seller. You know, and if you don't have no rush to sell, if you don't have any immediate plan, hold on tight. So once that confusion transition, it's over and consumers, they actually get the confidence again that the market is solid and steady, we'll be back to square one. 
we will back to square yeah. one. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this pandemic and also this crisis that for the first time the politician collectively are acknowledging that we have a crisis of the supply and demand in Canada. It'll teach them a lesson for the next generation that will have a proper planning in place. Well, we sure hope so. Steve, thank you very much. It's always great to have you on. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure, my friend. Great. And that's Steve Tabrizi, the Chief Operating Officer of Remax Hallmark Group of Companies. That's our latest episode of Sold in the Six. So, as Steve Tabrizi says, if you're sitting on the fence, this is the time to buy. There is a small window of opportunity, so take advantage of it. If you like this episode, please subscribe and you'll get these episodes automatically. Also, feel free to forward this episode to a friend. I want to thank my producer, Story Studio Network. And if you need to get in touch with me, my email address is des at desmondbrown.ca. You can also follow me on all of the social media platforms. My handle is des in the six. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all of them. And I also have a website, in the six realestate.com. And the six is spelt number six IX. Until next time, I'm Desmond Brown.